This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning and welcome to The Property Show. I'm Philip C. And in today's property show, we're going to deep dive into the impact that the recent changes in MM2H regulations has had on the property market. To help us shed some light into these developments, we have with us Jamie Chu, a property consultant from CBD Properties and an MM2H agent. Good morning, Jamie. Thank you for joining us. Now, let's just start with the basics. Who are MM2H participants? Give us some background about them. Okay, MM2H participants are foreigners who meet certain criteria and are approved under the MM2H program where they are given a social visit pass of 10 years with multiple entry visa and which is renewable. So majority of the participants are either retirees or families with school-going children where usually the wife would stay with the kids in Malaysia and the kids would attend the international schools while the husband worked in the home country. So uh, some are also those who are choose to be based in Malaysia but work outside of Malaysia. They really sound like skilled professionals, not the uh, semi-retired, retired individuals. Is that correct? Uh, okay, there are two categories uh, to the program. Uh, those uh, who are above 50 years old and those who are below 50 years old. So that's why you see different groups of people who actually apply for the MM2H. We do have a certain groups uh, who are retirees where they have uh, made Malaysia their home for a very long time. And we also have a certain groups where um, because they like the lifestyle of Malaysia, the, the quality of education uh, institutions that we have, and uh, you know that's where they bring their families actually to Malaysia to join the program. And where are they typically from? Which countries or regions do they originate from? Okay, based on statistics, uh, close to half the program participants are from China, then followed by Japan, South Korea and the UK. We've talked quite a lot about the economic impact these participants have because they're only about 57,000 holders, right? But they generate about 4 to 5 billion in services and consumer spend and hold assets amounting to about 40 billion ringgit. So I'm scratching my head. Why did they decide to tighten the rules now? I believe that the new policy is is one of the recovery strategies aimed at helping the national economy. And, uh, you know, based on the reaction we see from uh, the feedback, many doesn't think that this will be the outcome. I mean, if the new policy were to impose, uh, it will cause a very big reaction uh, to uh, the existing MM2H uh, participants, especially if they are not able to meet the new requirements. So um, I think in, in my opinion, it is not the right time to tighten the rules now or imposing any harsh and drastic terms and conditions uh, because it will cause many to feel insecure and loss of confidence. So uh, they will have no choice. Uh, I think in some survey, it is stated that uh, many would not be able to meet their new requirements. So they either have to go back to their home country or they have to move to another place. So if this were to be implemented, I think uh, it will indirectly create loss of revenue for the country. Instead of our country desperately needed the cash flow and the investments, if this will result 
uh, in many to sell off their properties and in turn will cause revenue loss in terms of tourism, uh, in terms of, you know, the education, the medical and domestic spending by this group of people. This will have a huge economic impact to the country uh, because of the tightening of the rules. And when you speak to many of your clients, right, MM2H mm-hmm. participants, what is the percentage of them reconsidering uh, or planning to leave this country? Would you have a dipstick to that? Uh, okay, based on the survey uh, that... Uh, uh, you know, certain groups have done, uh, I think about 90% or more uh, would not meet the new requirements. Uh, even I asked some of my my existing clients who, who are staying in Malaysia right now, uh, you know, what, what is their feedback towards the new uh, requirements? What they told me is that um, if really, you know, the government do impose this, uh, they will actually go back to their home country. So they're going home and not even moving to other neighbouring countries in Southeast Asia? Okay, I would say majority will go back to their home and uh, uh, another percentage will will look into uh, other options, uh, but they are not uh, confirmed yet on this. So let's talk about the options. And would you be able to give us a sense of how neighboring countries in this region offer similar programs to MM2H? How are their terms and incentives comparable to ours? Okay, uh, for example, if you look at Thailand, uh, Thailand do offer a one-year visa for retirees uh, who have income of around uh, USD 2000 And if they can show uh, USD 25000 in a high bank account. They also have the elite residence program and uh, the fee range from uh, Thai baht about 600,000 to 2.14 million. And uh, what this program gives them is the right to stay in Thailand from between five years up to 20 years with the residence permit. Uh, and uh, there's no minimum stay requirements. Uh, if you look at Philippines, uh, you can actually retire with a deposit of USD 10,000 where you can use to you can use it to purchase property and there's no limit. Uh, to the length of stay. That's a very big difference from these revised uh, targets, actually. Yes, correct. Yeah. So that's why uh, we see that um, the new guidelines imposed for the MM2H program is is really drastic. So shift our attention to the implications on the property market. You know, these MM2H participants, where do they typically invest in, uh, in Malaysia? And which types of property segments will be most affected by their departure and exit? I would say the most impacted uh, market segment will be the high-end residential homes, especially in areas where the expatriate community lives, uh, for example, like KLCC and Mount Kiara, uh, where the properties are worth uh, more than a million. Now, this is because uh, in most uh, states, foreigners are only eligible to purchase uh, properties worth one million and above. So the impact I foresee will be a significant volume drop in the property transaction for the high-end properties, uh, especially in these areas where the expats uh, reside, um, because it does have side effect, um, you know, uh, to the other sectors as well. For example, like the retail sectors in those areas where, you know, the expats uh, spending is lost. Places like Penang and Johor will also be affected as uh, these locations are also preferred by MM2H participants as well. Uh, medical suites in JB and Penang, uh, I think, will also be affected because these people uh, do spend their money for retirement there. So, uh, people who might be interested in buying the property in Malaysia, I think, will be turned off by the new rules. 
and uh, choose another country instead. You, you mentioned that the point is that the effect is quite niche, it's quite focused, but it is of quite high value. This luxury, high-end locations, right? Do you have a yes. sense of what kind of depression in prices will we see as a result of this MM2H for that kind of segment then? Uh, okay, I think uh, if you look at uh, most uh, of the properties that uh, foreigners purchase, uh, it is above the $1 million. So, uh, based on uh, you know the current property market situation uh, where uh, the transaction is low, there's uh, there's not many takers and um, actually a lot of expats which I know have actually moved out or have actually gone back uh, to their home country because you know their visas were not renewed, their contract has ended. So I think with the uh, with this effect, uh, it does you know creates and dampen the uh, the whole property market in the high-end segment. Hmm. There is this argument that, you know, these participants do create property bubbles, right, uh, in these high-end segments. Is that correct assumption? Uh, okay, in terms of property bubbles, I think some time ago there were comments, uh, you know, that mentioned on, on this point. But I think in my opinion, uh, you know, the MM2H participants, uh, they don't create the property bubbles in the market and in competition with the locals. Because as foreigners, uh, you know, they're only allowed to purchase properties worth a million and above. So, uh, you know, uh, how is it a bubble when market of the property for MM2H is the high-end segment where the supply is more than the demand. So even now with the MM2H being much stricter, I think um, there will be more supply in the market and uh, the market for MM2H doesn't really overlap with the demand for the local because for for the housing for locals, the demand is usually more than the supply. So uh, that uh, actually increase the prices. So I don't think it's because of the M- M2H, but I think it's more of a property mismatch. And Jamie, one, one thing that in my mind is that the impact it has on property agents like yourselves, right? How many agents have been affected by this ruling? And what is the projected loss of income for someone like yourself as a result of these uh, regulations? Okay, for, for property agents like myself and uh, as a property agent, um, you know, where uh, most of us focus in the high-end market and our clientels are mostly foreigners, right? So uh, this definitely uh, has affected us a lot. In total, uh, I can say that there are about 200 over property agents that are based in KLCC and Mount Kara, respectively. So, uh, you know, based on uh, the impact of the MM2H, the reduction of transactions um, in the high-end uh, market segment, uh, the income may have been reduced by as much as 70 to 80%. And, uh, you know, because due to the border close and on the current pandemic, economic and political situation in the country as well, uh, many have actually put off their investment on hold and uh, have decided not to proceed. But as um, MM2H consultant, our business has been affected since uh, the program has been suspended since last year. Uh, we, we didn't have any income for the past one and a half years. So uh, it is a struggle for many uh, mm 2 agents. So really a big uh, struggle and significant impact on property agents, especially in the Klang Valley. We'll be back yes. with more after these messages. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned in to The Property Show on The Morning Run. With me today, we're discussing the impact of MM2H on the property sector, and with us today to discuss is Jamie Chu, 
Property Consultant and MM2H Agent. Now, Jamie, prior to these changes, how easy was it to secure MM2H status? Could you perhaps help us by walking through the process? All right. Uh, previously, the approval for MM2H was given quite fast. Uh, for those applications uh, who meet all the requirements, some of the documents uh, needed to be submitted include a letter of application, where uh, they will include their personal background, their purpose of joining the MM2H, who they wish to apply this program with, and indicate their financial capabilities to support their stay in Malaysia. Besides that, um, there are some relevant forms uh, that they need to submit, uh, including like passport copies, letters of bank statement, pay slip, self-declaration on health conditions, and letter of good conduct. So within a three-month period, the applicants would be able to know their status, whereby a conditional approval letter will be issued to them. And uh, once they have received the conditional approval letter, they have about uh, six months to come to Malaysia to endorse their visa, which then they will have to open a fixed deposit account and uh, do a medical check and purchase of medical insurance. And now we fast forward to today. There has been Mm -hmm. a lot of negative feedback and really a huge uproar over these new changes to the policies, right? Which specific part of the policies are causing the most... Uh, feedback and concerns? Okay, I think uh, there's uh, a few uh, new criteria that uh, that has given a lot of negative feedback. Uh, First of all, it's uh, the maximum period of the visa, which now has been reduced to five years. Uh, Previously, it was given on a 10 years renewable basis. And uh, now there is an uh, implementation of uh, the participant would need to stay at least 90 days cumulative in a year where previously uh, this was not required. Uh, So I feel the 10 years should actually remain the same at 10 years because uh, this is one of the main selling points that really attracts many to join the program. Because when they look into investing in real estate or relocating their families here, many are considering it as a long-term commitment. So the 10 years, uh, you know, really is uh, a selling uh, point for this program. Uh, the other change would be the increase in the applicant's fixed deposit from 150,000 um, and 300,000 to the 1 million uh, ringgit with an offshore monthly income of 40,000, which is up from 10,000. And the other one would be upon the application, the applicants need to now declare liquid assets of 1.5 million, where previously it was between 350,000 to 500,000. Uh, but overall, I think the, the most unpopular one is that this new criteria will be imposed on the existing MM2H pass holders as well, uh, which many feel unfair and will force nearly all of them to leave the country. Now, this issue about distinguishing the existing and new, in your view, if they decoupled it and allowed the existing to roll over and implement a more gradual increase you know, tightening of the limits for the new applicants, is it good enough? Okay, I believe that if the government were to uh, remain the existing uh, requirements for the for the existing MM2H holders, uh, I think that would be a relief to many who, you know, who are currently staying in Malaysia. The changes, I think, should, should come on a more gradual basis is rather than, you know, a very drastic and harsh ones uh, because, you know, everyone was taken uh, surprised by that. Uh, 
uh, although if the government were to uh, to revert back the, the guidelines to the old uh, requirements, uh, I think certain uh, confidence has been lost uh, by many because, you know, some of them, they, you know, they voice out that they really do feel insecure that, you know, what happens if uh, it goes back to the old policy? What about in the future? You know, would there be any uh, circumstances where the government would change the regulations again? What do you think? Yeah. What do you think it take? What do you think it takes then for the government to give confidence back? I truly believe that um, you know uh, whatever policies that the government make, uh, it should be consistent. You know, so that uh, the the people can feel more confident with what uh, the government do. Uh, I think here we don't see the consistency because, you know, uh, we, we see the regulations do change from time to time. Uh, and especially uh, for this program, it has not been changed for a long time. So, and uh, when the change come, it was a very drastic one. So I, I think a lot of people, um, you know, they, they can't manage to accept that. And, and, and you mentioned this drastic change. Was there any syndication or conversation or engagement that took place between relevant associations prior to these announcements? From what I know, uh, when the, the program was suspended uh, last year, um, they, uh, they actually engaged uh, a consultant company to, to review the program and uh, look into you know what how to make the program better and uh, they did send uh, surveys for all the MM2H uh, agents uh, to give our feedback uh, but from what we see in the new guidelines uh, I think our feedback was not uh, you know was not uh, implemented in that way so uh, but you know because of the of the new implementations and there are so many uh, people who have voiced out. The MM2H and other associations are actually trying to meet up with the respective ministry and authorities. You know, we are trying to reach out to them to give them our feedback uh, on how these new guidelines will really affect, uh, you know, all the MM2H participants and, you know, the economy of the country as well. Uh, we are hoping that the, re- the relevant authorities will meet uh, with with the MM2H Association and and the others as well to to really expedite you know the decision what what the decision will be because uh, you know October is just next month and you know the existing MM2H participants will need to know uh, and to decide what will be their next move. Well the minister has indicated that they plan to do a review but as you say, time is very short. They have till end October. Do you expect a U-turn in policy then, i.e. a reversion back to the old framework? Or will there be some changes in your view? Okay, it was mentioned that uh, the existing participants may be exempted from some of the program new conditions. Uh, they may give some leeway uh, to those uh, who have been making this country their home. Uh, I think this is uh, because, you know, due, due to the appeals of uh, many st- stakeholders who are affected one way or another. Uh, and I hope that they will review their decision in a positive way. Uh, perhaps, you know, a win-win, solu- uh, win-win so- solution because the new policy will have negative consequences to the economy. You know, uh, loss of trust, confidence and credibility as well. 
Now, because I see, um, you know, the MN2H program where the advantages uh, in terms of benefits outweigh the disadvantages. So um, I believe that once they tighten the enforcement part of it, then there will be a balance because, uh, you know, uh, like I said earlier, you know, the policies need to be consistent in order to promote the confidence. Um, I truly hope that for the existing MM2H holders, they will still be able to continue to stay and enjoy the program based on the previous guidelines. Uh, for new applicants, you know, the government may want to, to, to implement a new guideline, but I think they should review the conditions and not make it uh, too harsh uh, and hard to reach for people to meet. And following this announcement, we've actually seen certain states like Sabah and Sarawak beginning to signal that they would even consider a separate program for themselves, respectively. Do you think that will really work? Okay, for Sabah, I think uh, you know there there are comments that uh, you know the because of the new MM2H guidelines, uh, it actually put the state at a great disadvantage in letting the state to attract more foreign investors and generate benefits to its economy. So there was a suggestion that uh, the Sabah state government, uh, you know, they, they are thinking to initiate their own version of uh, the Malaysia My Second Home program, where they have their own terms and conditions. And uh, I think uh, this will enable them to attract foreign investment to the state, which include those who may no longer qualify under the new rules set under the program in the Peninsular Malaysia. On uh, Sarawak, on the other hand, has already their own MM2H program. Um, their rules um, are different from those implemented in the peninsula. So uh, if both of these states have their own MM2H program version uh, with less drastic terms, uh, I think it will encourage more participants to swing their interests to East Malaysia instead of Peninsula Malaysia. So uh, I think this will definitely... Uh, uplift the state economy there and uh, it will be a loss to West Malaysia. Let's say you are in an elevator with the Home Minister. You have only two minutes with him. What would you address and ask him to do? Okay, if I were in the elevator with him, I would suggest to him to really, you know, review the new guidelines seriously uh, because it does have a tremendous impact you know, not only uh, on the Malaysian economy, you know, the effect that it will bring uh, if all the MM2H participants were to leave and also uh, those who are not interested to apply anymore. Um, I think it will also affect, the, you know, the, the livelihood of people who have actually made Malaysia their, their only home. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think that um, we should actually... Uh, you know, treat them this way because they they have been approved uh, under the previous guidelines. So, so you know, the conditions should remain the same uh, for them. Uh, so I believe that uh, if the Home Ministry were to review and make it a more uh, competitive with, uh, you know, better incentives and benefits for the MM2H program, I think... Uh, it will definitely help to bring interest uh, to the country. Thank you for being on the show, Jamie. That was Jamie Chu, property consultant and MM2H agent. Now, that's all the time we have for today's property show. I'm Philip C, signing off for the morning run. We have the 10 a.m. news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise. 
BFM 89.9. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, the business station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.